You are listening to Tuesday Takes with the Tommy Experience. Tune into the ColorCast app on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time to listen to the show live, chat with the boys, and maybe even be on the show. Download the ColorCast app or go to TommyExperience.com for more information. And now, here's the show. Okay, it is Tuesday, January 4th today. Uh, it is 6 p.m. Central Time, which means it's time for Tuesday Takes. My name is Tommy. With me, Jason. Jason, hello. Hello. Good Good. Uh, good evening. How are you today, Tommy? You know, I'm fired up. I'm ready to roll. I made myself a nice little cocktail for this occasion, uh, and we are we have a lot to discuss today, Jason. Yeah, I saw your 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 tweet with the uh, with the the liquor drink, and I was wondering, you know, the the Bears won this week. I didn't think that this week would be the the week we'd see you turn into the liquor, but you know, it's been a long season for you. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a celebration, you know. Uh, there you go. Yeah, we're not doing it for hardship; we're doing it uh, for celebration. So, uh, lots to get to today. Uh, college football. Um, the results of the bowl games, including the playoff semifinals. Uh, we have a new gambling system of where we're going to gamble against each other. Uh, so much football in the NFL. Uh, but we got a couple of headlines. I think first, I think we should start with uh, our new gambling system. Uh, just just, just right off the bat, since technically this is supposed to be a gambling show. So let's, uh, let's just dive into that. Yeah, so we're we're changing it up. You and I had talked about doing something like this, anyways, um, where we wanted to try to use some kind of units or, um, you know, factor in the odds because we didn't just want to give our four favorite picks and have you know three of them be like deep favorites. Um, so this will factor in odds a little bit more and um, and have us weight them a little bit differently. And uh, so so we're going to be doing you know a one unit to five units on a bet. Um, five would be max. I like that because you can you can follow along, you can see kind of how much uh, you know faith we're putting in that bet. Because sometimes I'll come up with something like a big parlay that I want to put out, but you know it, I don't weigh that the same as you know taking an under in a football game. So um, it'll be nice to be able to differentiate like our different picks, um, and it'll be nice that we have an app to do it all to save you a little bit of work. For sure. So we're gonna utilize uh, no free ads, but this is a free ad. Uh, we're going to utilize the um, Action Network uh, app, and we're going to track our bets on there. Uh, it's just going to be easier for us. Uh, and Action Network, it's actually a pretty cool app. They show uh, what the sharps and, and the majority of the money uh, across the country uh, in the legal states. It shows where the money's going towards uh, the different games happening and all the different sports. Uh, so, Jason, I, I think you entered yours today and then you took a look. You said all four of your picks were against what the uh, what the professionals were betting. Yeah, a lot of my so I did some big parlays today. I told you I came out swinging uh, with 2022. Um, so I did like three length parlays. I did uh, a two team parlay, like a four team parlay and like an eight team parlay. Um, and, and all of them had the majority of the picks where the experts were going the other way. So what I've learned is to now to check a little closer because I did check the app, but they just didn't have a lot of the signals. So for anybody who's going to use that app or just betting in general, 
um, I've learned recently to let, you know, wait a little bit closer um, to the start of the game. Cause sometimes I like to do it the night before and a lot, a lot changes, you know, in 24 hours. Definitely. Yeah. So, uh, so this app is going to help us both uh, keep track of, of who's winning and it's going to keep track of uh, who, uh, what we're supposed to be picking, which will be nice. Um, so you can follow us on the Action Network. I actually put the links up on TommyExperience.com. Uh, if you go to the Tuesday Takes page, you can see uh, that is where you will find uh, the links to go check those out. We're also going to tweet out our picks per normal. Uh, but we're on, And on top of all of this, as always, we're going to be gambling responsibly. So uh, that's uh, our new system. So we're going to do it by the month. We're going to see who has the most units and who has the best record at the end of January. So uh, we clean slated for today. I think it's only fair that we start on a clean slate on a Tuesday. And also we got murdered this weekend. So we're just going to let that slide. Uh, moving on. Um, so that's a, that was kind of our big announcement. Uh, as far as the gambling goes, uh, a couple of other announcements. Tuesday Takes now has a Twitter account. Uh, you can follow the Twitter page at Tuesday Takes T-E-E. Uh, there you will see where we tweet out our picks uh, and some other updates about the show. Uh, so go follow that uh, on Twitter at Tuesday Takes T-E-E. Um, and that's enough about this show because we have some other things to get into. Uh, let's start in baseball. Jason, because we never get to talk about baseball, but we get to talk about baseball for some stupid reasons this week. Uh, the MLB fired Ken Rosenthal, uh, who is a national writer and and uh, and a, he does sideline reports and stuff for for MLB on Fox. Uh, they fired him as a contributor on MLB Network because he had some things to say about how Rob Manfred is running the show. Uh, and he kind of disagreed with the things that he was doing, and then they just fired him. So, Jason, I know you're fired up about this, uh, so I'm just going to let you go. Yeah, so I, I texted you before this because I, I watched, I turned on the, the old interview. I was scrolling through uh, Sports Reddit, as one does on a Tuesday afternoon, and just someone had linked to it, and I remembered it. So I watched this video, and, and, and this was like 2017. He was only – the commissioner for a few years, like in into his reign, like we've gotten four more bad years of Manfred. Like everybody's even more fed up with them now. But I was watching it back then, and they were talking about, uh, you know, nobody knows that interview. Um, he was interviewing uh, Lebatard was uh, interviewing him about Derek Jeter, who took over. You know, the Derek Jeter ownership took over, um, and and in that that next year, they ended like the first thing they did was they cleaned house. Um, and pretty much the people of South Florida were saying, why is this happening again? Um, and so, uh, you know, Manfred had some decent points about baseball. Um, but at the same time, he, he wasn't open to any criticism. And Lebatard does go hard on him, but he, he was you could see the softness and the fact that somebody disagreeing with him in some way just sets him off. He acts like a child in this interview. Um, and and uh, now someone, you know, someone's fired because they say mean things about him. It's not really that surprising when you go back and you, you look at what he said uh, in the media and how he's reacted to criticism. Um, I don't know how this guy has risen so far in the sports world. I mean, that is a highly coveted job. You know, he's, he's the man in baseball um, and he can't take a little bit of criticism, uh, especially from Ken Rosenthal, who didn't say anything terrible. was very professional about his criticism, but when you run baseball, you're going to get criticism. 
Uh, and, and we can sit here and debate whether he really knows baseball, which I don't think either of us would, would make that argument that he does. Nope. I think he misunderstands his audience. I think he misunderstands the game a good bit and what is pure about it and what's not. He's trying to add things that he shouldn't. He's trying to eliminate things he shouldn't. Um, but either way, he should be able to take criticism because he's at the top of a, of a national sports organization. So uh, those are my thoughts. I, I could probably go longer, but but what where do you fall? On all yeah, this? no, you're absolutely right. Um, the only thing that he knows is that the, the he only knows that the owners love him. The owners love him because they make him the most. They make the owners the most amount of money uh, at the least amount of cost. And he is he's very pro owner. Uh, that's why he still has a job because the people that he works for love him. Uh, the players. Obviously, you have some different uh, different say in how they feel about it. Obviously, some of the writers, too, have a different say in how they feel about it. Uh, but it, it is annoying that he's still on this terror of not knowing baseball and still in charge of baseball. There's There's been rule changes. There's been all these things that lead to just him just being an absolute idiot. He let the Astros get scot-free away with uh, with what they did and how they cheated. Uh, they suspended the manager. And, and all the players got like a little, um, don't do that again, please. And uh, he's just an idiot. Um, and firing Ken Rosenthal is the dumbest move ever because he's arguably the best baseball writer there is. Uh, somebody's going to scoop him up here super fast or he's just going to make his own podcast and make millions because uh, he's Ken Rosenthal. He has all the connections in the league. He has all the connections with the owners, the general managers, uh, the the players, uh, the the agents of the players. He's got all the connections that he needs to, to be able to do something on his own and he can name his price to go wherever he wants, basically. But yeah, this is just Rob Manfred being petty and, and somebody saying something mean about him that he doesn't like. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I have nothing nice to say about Rob Manfred. On the other side of this, like I, because I did talk a lot about Manfred, but um, you know Ken Rosenthal, uh, also a human being. Um, I don't want to, you know, uh, that that stinks to speak out in a professional way and and something that you see as part of your job, um, and do it and then yeah. get fired for it. Yeah, he thought he was um, just doing his job. That, yeah, that's that's terrible. I I really feel for him. Um, what I will say is that it it shouldn't affect our daily enjoyment in a baseball season of Ken Rosenthal. He'll still be doing, um, he he's remaining at Fox sports. Um, he'll still be a fixture on the weekly coverage there. Um, he's also going to be their dugout reporter for the top games, including the world series. So we'll still see him there. Yeah. He's Um, still writing for the athletic. athletic. Yep, exactly. So we'll still get our dose of Ken Rosenthal. It's just, uh, baseball being stupid yet again. Uh, so uh, the other, the other, yeah. the other bit. I don't want to talk about Rob Manfred anymore. <laughs> uh, the, the the other baseball blurb that I had um, was Kyle Seager decided to retire. He's only thirty four years old. Uh, played his entire ML eleven uh, year MLB career with the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Two hundred forty two home runs, eight hundred seven RBIs. Um, great guy. Uh, obviously, he's Corey Seager's brother. Uh, but 11 years and calling it quits, uh, I mean, it sounds about right, but 34 years, I feel like he could have kept going. Uh, he said it had nothing to do with what what's going on with the lockout or anything. He was uh, seriously contemplating it at the beginning of uh, last season in 2021. So uh, good for him uh, for, for quitting and uh, not 
quitting but deciding to retire when is when he's ready to retire he wasn't pressured by money or anything his contract was up with seattle and he just chose to to end his career and and i applaud him for that yeah i think it's uh probably something more on the mental side of the game sometimes you can just mentally be done um and i think when we see it our first reaction is man he's 34 he can still go his body will take him more years but some people are done in in the sport um you know our I remember, uh, I believe it was Ty Buttry, um, the pitcher for the Angels, just retiring out of nowhere. Um, and people asked me, he said, I, I just, you know, I'm, I I don't love the game anymore. And I'm not saying that Seager, but he could just be over it um, and ready to move on. I also read some things, about, and I'm not a Mariners fan, so maybe there's some bias going into this. But I read some pretty bad things about how he was treated in his the end of his Mariners tenure. Really? Um, evidently, he Evidently, Depoto didn't speak to him for like two years. Just huh. he said, like he didn't even he wasn't even told he wasn't going to be resigned. He they just like he figured that was the case because the GM hadn't talked to him in two years. I bet that um, had something to do with him retiring too. Yeah, if that is true, you, obviously. You know, you have, yeah, yeah, and uh, well, I mean, it, he said it, so so I don't know why it wouldn't be true. I mean, unless he's just you know. But uh, he seems like a pretty honest guy. He doesn't seem like somebody who would just like spurn the Mariners like that for no reason. So I, I got to imagine it's true. Um, I also am not the biggest DePoto fan. So like I said, maybe there's some bias going into that. Um, but I, I could see it happening. And if it did happen, I could see how that would be super disheartening. You know, the, the, um, the ball club that you've given your career to. Um, and like you said, a really lo- loyal, really smart, really good baseball player. Uh, playing for a team for for that long um you know that that many 11 seasons with them um so uh, I think that's sad because hopefully he wasn't so disheartened by like the business of baseball that he was done and we lost a good player you know uh too early but uh I I think he'll land on his feet he was a great player um really fun to watch like on pure contact you know not pure contact but he had power as well but he was one of those really you could just tell skilled hitters yeah um who could have just to the off-speed well he you know he got on baseball he was always a terror whenever the angels played him so i loved and hated watching him uh wish him good luck also wanted to shout out um another player um okay. uh, we also have a listener who says uh maybe the mariners are going in a different direction yeah that's a maybe good point Jordan Houston addressed that with him it's a great point ian yeah yeah i mean maybe but but you still talk to him like like you said ian uh, you address that with him, um, and and maybe there's a, a role for him in leadership, or maybe he goes somewhere else. Maybe you know, maybe he's just done with it, anyways. I don't want to speculate on on why he's choosing to hang it up. Um, he might just and, need a know, couple years to just too- to just to just to chill out for a little while, and then maybe he gets into coaching somewhere, you know, or he becomes an analyst, or he does. He's he's probably still going to be involved in the game. He might just be emotionally drained and just need some time. Yeah, absolutely. So. So, um, and I do, I do also want to shout out uh, Cameron Mabin. Um, yes, decided yeah. to hang up the cleats as well, a Cub, an Angel, um, and then he also played for the team you and I share in a, uh, you know, affection for in the Braves, Braves, so Tigers, I, yeah, I, I, Yankees. I, he was all over the place, yeah. Yeah, great teammate, great player, fun to watch uh, in the years we watched him. So Definitely. losing two guys who have been in the league for a really long time. Yeah, yeah, which is which is interesting and 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 obviously no fun. But we got a lot of young players too that we still have in the league that we're thankful for, and we're hoping that when opening day rolls around, we're watching some baseball. So uh, that was your baseball blurb for the first time ever on Tuesday takes. Finally, um, 
I can't wait until baseball becomes a daily daily situation because as you know it's my favorite uh, I know you're you have some affection for it too Jason so uh, baseball's around the corner hopefully but we'll talk about that probably after the Super Bowl um let's get into a little bit of oh before we get into a little bit of football we'll start with college football uh I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the great Betty White passing away yeah that is uh for as many jokes have been, that have been made over the years about how long she lived. She, you know, she really pushed on. She was, she lived a long and uh, and fun life. She was still acting through it all. Um, so always enjoyed Betty White. Rest in peace. Yep. Thankful that she was a friend. That was a joke. <laughs> all right. So moving on, uh, college football. Uh, let's start with the college football playoff. The Cotton Bowl uh, played at Jerry World. It had Alabama trouncing on Cincinnati, twenty-seven to six. Uh, I don't think the score really did justice to Cincinnati because I felt like they really hung in there for a really long time and then just the wheels fell off at the end. Yeah, I mean, it looked like a team playing Alabama. Um, they they wear you down just with how consistently good they are. Every string is good. Everything is so perfectly done um, on a Nick Saban team. Yeah. Um, you could just kind of see it wear down, and, and eventually Bryce Young had his way on some passes kind of later there in the third and fourth quarter and um and they kind of fell apart but i i thought they played really well and for a minute they looked uh like they might actually challenge for it yeah they, yeah and you know what uh alabama marched right down the field and scored right away and uh i was looking on twitter and everybody was like all right this is over like why didn't we have somebody else play but you know what after that they kind of settled down they were in the game they were in the game for a lot longer than people wanted them to be in the game so i give cincinnati credit there but like you said, they ran into an Alabama team that is primed for the playoffs. This is why they play all season is to get to the playoff. They don't care about anything until they start playing Auburn and then the SEC championship and then into the playoffs. So uh, sad for sad for Cincinnati, but they should definitely be proud at least of what they what they accomplished. Uh, they were the first power five team to make it into uh, the playoffs. So that's something to be proud of. Um, speaking of first times, Michigan's first time in the playoff did not go well. Uh, 34 to 11. They got a garbage time touchdown at the end. Good Lord. This was a massacre. Yeah, this was, uh, I mean, they handled them. Um, I remember, you know, last week you asked me and I said, I might take Michigan just because Georgia knows how to blow it. Um, but I did end up going with Georgia. Um, I, I, I trusted them to get it done, but not in this fashion. Uh, like you said, the the score line, the first score line we talked about probably didn't flatter the losers. This one definitely does because um, they weren't 23 points away from winning this game. They were miles and miles and miles away from winning this game. Yeah, and you know, and I mean, of the two games, we expected this to be the competitive game and the other one to be the blowout, and it was the exact opposite. This was this was over when it started. Michigan looked flat, and I and I think it's all because they wore their blue pants instead of their yellow pants. I'll say that right. It now. all comes back to the jerseys. It always here. comes here back the to the Tommy uniforms. Experience. It always comes back to the jerseys. That's right. Uh, so, w- which sets up uh, an Indianapolis rematch of the SEC championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Uh, right now, uh, I believe Georgia is favored by three points, and the total is sitting at fifty-two. So, I ask you, Jason Porter, how are you betting? This? If you had to put a bet in right now, what's the bet? So it is tough to call it, you know, this far out. Um, 
uh, like we talked about earlier, I'm trying to make my bets closer to game time, but I did just take a look at it um, while I was going through the notes today. And you can get plus 125 on Alabama to win. Um, I actually took them in the first Georgia game where um, I, I did get a, a profit boost um, using that book um, that I use. But uh, at, at the time, I think I got like two set plus 275 on them. I jumped at that. I'll jump at plus 125 on Bama as well. Um, I, I can't believe twice in one year we get uh, Bama non-favorites. Yeah, um, that's uh, the in thing. a football game. So that's I'll the jump thing at that's... the Alabama money line, and I'll probably end up taking the under as well. That's the thing. It's just sitting there. Like Alabama as an underdog just seems like the m- most no-brainer of all time. But I still have my conspiracy theory in the back of my head that Georgia was told to lay down in the SEC championship game so the SEC could get two teams into the playoff, and maybe this is where they get re- repaid for that favor of of getting the, finally getting their national championship. So if I had to bet right now, I think Georgia's quarterback is very underrated. I'd take Georgia in the minus three, and then I'm paying to watch Georgia lose. That's fine with me. But... Yeah. As far as the total, I don't think it's I don't think it's a shoe in either way. I don't think one team is going to come out and dominate. I don't think it'll look like that game earlier. No, I'm not as uh, high on the conspiracy theory. I think that um, Alabama is probably the better team and and probably better prepared for that game. Do you remember the? Um, But do you remember the championship between LSU and Alabama? Final score was like nine to six. Yeah, there That's... was like one play that they there was like three plays that went across the line of scrimmage the entire game and yeah. like one touchdown. That's what I think here. Yeah. I think I'm going heavy on the under. But again, let's I'm not going to put a bet in until probably the day of the game. Uh, but if the game were to happen tonight, I think I'd go Georgia minus three and I'd take the under. If anybody's ever going to give me even even money. Uh, and Nick Saban is coaching a college football team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that option. Yeah. I, so less and, about uh, Georgia, less about the game specifically, and more about my hope that we talk about Tom Brady voodoo magic. Um, and, and we've said it before. Nick Saban has, yeah, uh, as much if not more. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, I hear you. Uh, I, I can't say that's a wrong pick either. So, um, definitely gonna. I, I'm not interested in this game. I've seen this game before many times, but. It's the national championship, so I'll watch it. Um, other notable finals. Ian's in the... pointing out. Oh, really quick before we we move on. Uh, Ian's pointing out that Georgia had nothing to play for. Uh, the SEC championship game. They're going into the college football playoff, no matter what. Um, I, I do agree with that, but it still is an SEC championship, um, yeah. and that's something to you know. That's an accomplishment. It's still being the best. You know what a lot of people thought was the best team in the league. Keeping Alabama out of the playoff would have been an accomplishment, I think, to me. So I don't think nothing, but I I yeah. can see like maybe that was a game they weren't as motivated for, or when it they came out and got smacked in the mouth right away and couldn't move the ball at all. Maybe they said today's not our day, and, and that's okay because we'll see them again in the national championship. Yeah. Um. So it, it's a fair point, and I do I do appreciate uh, Ian keep checking us because yeah, uh, I'm actually. Enjoying- uh, Ian, you know, the counterpoints. You, Ian, if you don't mind, I'm going to invite you to the hot seat. I'd love to hear uh, what you think would be the outcome of the national championship. So I sent the thing. We'll see if you respond. And I'm sorry, I didn't see your comment for whatever reason. It doesn't show me that you made another comment. So uh, we'll see if Ian joins us. Um, but there are other, some other uh, college football finals. Uh, 
uh, that happened in the in the Rose Bowl. Did you watch the Rose Bowl game? That was insane. Ohio State forty eight forty five. I live bet Ohio State at halftime, and it's my favorite thing that I did on New Year's Day. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a winner on this one. I had Ohio State minus four and a half. Um, and on that second to last late Ohio State um, drive when they scored the touchdown, I thought, okay, this hits for sure. Uh, Utah goes down and ties it up real quickly. And then instead of getting the Ohio State touchdown, we get the field goal. Um, and, and I was pretty bummed about that. But from a, you know, a non-betting standpoint, a great game, fun to watch. Um, this is what bowl season's about. Oh, yeah. Crazy game. I can't believe I was scared to take the over. And it was done at halftime, which is funny. But uh, so you had that uh, Michigan State beat Pittsburgh 31 to 21 in the Peach Bowl. Shout out Spartans. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Uh, Sugar Bowl. Baylor beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss's quarterback went down in the first quarter, uh, projected to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board. Um, and and he ended. Oh, we got Ian with us. Ian, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well. Uh, I Good, would Ian. love to hear what you got in the college football championship game. First of all, it's an honor and a privilege to be part of the Tom E experience. With wow. You guys. Uh, you guys are like electric. Thank you. Um, I, 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 the college football playoff is more, I call it the Alabama invitational. It's Alabama versus everybody else. I every could, year. Yeah. I can't <laughs> argue with that. It's always Alabama. And then the other teams, you know, you had your Clemson's, you had your, uh, you know, your Ohio States back in the day or whatever the case may be. But now it's, it's out. And, you know, you guys can agree with me on this. The SEC is by far the best conference in, in college football by far. I, everyone tries to argue that the Big Ten is up there and th- these other conferences. They're not even close. Yeah. And I'm a Michigan guy. And Michigan had no chance to win after the first quarter. I turned it off because <laughs> Georgia – Georgia pretty much put it to him in the first quarter and said, Oh, I'm like, there's no way you're coming back on that defense after one quarter. And I think with Michigan, they, that month off really took a little toll on him because they were playing really well. I mean, they played well against Ohio state. They, they beat them for the first time in like 20 years. You know, they win the big 10 championship against Iowa. I think that month off really hurt them in preparation for, excuse me, for this game because, most teams that are highly skilled have them. If you give them a month to prepare, that's why Nick Saban is so good. Yeah. Because he has a month to prepare and, and no offense. I, I love the fact that Cincinnati got in the playoff, but we all knew they, they weren't going to beat Alabama. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at that, that, um, the kid that was a Cincinnati quarterback, Spencer, what's his name? Yeah. I know Spencer who you're talking Rattler. about. His name is yeah. just yeah. far from my brain. Right. <laughs> right. But he, he literally, like, in that second half, every time he went back to pass, there was three big Alabama defensive linemen in his face every single time. Yeah. No. And then the kids are just so, like, in Cincinnati, when they play in the American Conference, they don't play against anybody. They, they play maybe, at, what, a Houston or... Yeah, Houston. You know, they, they did they it. did go to Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame. Uh, we'll give them right. that. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. The the majority of their schedule is them not playing anybody. Uh, you're absolutely right. Now, they definitely if, didn't have a chance. If Cincinnati would have lost a game in the regular season and they had the identical record as Notre Dame, Notre Dame's getting in over Cincinnati. 100%. Just by namesake alone. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. No and, argument and, there. And that's the only reason they didn't get in is because if, if Cincinnati would have lost a game, 
they Notre Dame would have got in no matter what because they're most people are going to be like, do we rather watch Cincinnati play Alabama or would we rather watch Notre Dame play Alabama? And, yeah. And I hate to say it, the college football playoff means only only to one area of the country, and that's the southeast part of the United States. You're absolutely the average correct. college football fan will not watch that game You're, on, on Monday. Yeah, I have I have minimal interest on it, and I'm probably only going to watch no. it because I can gamble on it. Like that's the only that's the only thing drawing to me. Um, Ian, right. This was great. Thank you so much. Real quick before we had you uh, get you off, uh, before uh, <laughs> we were going to talk about this later, but now that you say that you're a Michigan guy, uh, there's a rumor that Jim Harbaugh wants to come back to the NFL. How are you feeling? Great. Oh, Sayonara. Oh my. I've never, I've never been a Jim Harbaugh fan. I think he's overrated. Um, he didn't do anything in Stanford. He had a really good quarterback in Andrew Luck. Um, he really didn't do anything in San Francisco. He had a pretty good quarterback who, by the way, should still be in the NFL, but he's not in Colin Kaepernick. Yep, I hear you. And, and and he he's never been a good coach. He's gotten really good talent around him, but he is not a typical he's not a good coach. Yeah. I mean, this year he got handed a lot of games because if you look back at the stats of some of these games, he ran the ball like 50 times against Rutgers in one game. He ran, he ran like the ball 40 times against another team. He didn't hardly pass the ball at all. Yeah. He was coaching. He was coaching to save his job it, and he saved his job. Obviously. Yeah, definitely. If you get to the I playoff, you, it'll but save you. I will say I heard about a story of, of Harbaugh taking his son to laser tag for his birthday and him and his son systematically hunting a group of 10-year-olds to win. And I think you guys are going to miss that kind of winning mentality in Michigan um, if he does go. Ian, I, Ian I, I, you've been great. Thank you so much for uh, for joining yeah. us. We're going to get you out of here. Thank but, uh, you. Have a great day. Thanks, buddy. Yes, right, thank thanks, you, guys. Ian. Uh, that was awesome. Great call by Ian. Uh, Michigan guy who doesn't like Jim Harbaugh. I love it. Um, I'm weary about him coming back to the NFL because one of the rumors is that it's going to be the Chicago Bears, and, and I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Ian, thank you for, for your input. I think he's absolutely right. It's hard to go against Nick Saban, but I'm going to do it because I'm a terrible gambler. Like, that's that's just what I do. Um, yeah, uh, we'll have you back definitely for sure. Make sure you listen every week, Ian. Uh, we'll definitely have you back for sure, and uh, we might have you back before the end of this thing before we know it. Um, so we were going over the college football uh, bowl games. I think we stopped at Baylor Ole Miss. Ole Miss lost their quarterback in the first quarter, uh, which was tough. So that kind of handed it to Baylor on a silver platter. Uh, big defensive game there. Uh, but then the Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame up huge, and they blow it to Oklahoma State. I don't know if it was disinterest. Uh, I don't know what happened, but it's like they got to halftime, and they were like, well, this is good enough. And then they blew it in the Fiesta Bowl. Did you see any of that one, Jason? I didn't watch that one. Um, I, I, I didn't, but um, I did kind of follow along a little bit. I didn't gamble on it. I didn't touch it, but I was kind of watching the score to see, like, you know, sometimes you put in a bet or you decide not to put in a bet, and then you kind of track it to see, like, how would I have done if I'd put this in? Um, and I, I was going to take the over, so I would have done all right. Um, and that kind of brings me to my point. The real winner of this bowl season has been uh, your favorite team, the Overs. Yeah. They've been killing it. Love they, the uh, We've I, seen so many games. With, with the, I mean, this last couple of days, the only game that we saw that the under hit was the Ole Miss game, and 
you know, maybe things change if a quarterback's still in there for Ole Miss. Yeah, I had the I had the over in the Notre Dame Oklahoma State game, and it was done at halftime, so that was pretty cool. I did take the under though in the Purdue Tennessee game, and that was the biggest mistake of my life. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's bowl season. We got national championship coming up. We'll definitely talk about that next week uh, after in the aftermath of it, and uh, and uh, we'll also have some coaches fired in the NFL. Fingers crossed. Uh, so we'll have that to talk about. Um, but as for our Tuesday takes uh, mania challenge here, uh, we have a couple leaders that are uh, we have a tie for the lead between Wilson 27 and Nick's picks. Uh, those are the two leaders with Blanche 66 right behind them. Uh, so those three, if you are listening uh, either live or if you're listening to the podcast, I have no idea who you are. So if you could DM me Tommy experience uh, on Twitter so I can identify you and figure you out. Uh, then we can have whoever wins that on the show. But you gotta, you gotta tell me who you are. I have no idea who you are. Uh, but congratulations for making it to the last game. Uh, best of luck. I tried to look to see who they had in the championship game, and it doesn't tell me. Uh, so it's a mystery, and uh, we'll see who wins next week. I guess. Uh, I love uh, the Cinderella story. So, so <laughs> pull, it, pull it together, Blanche. Let's yeah. do this thing. Yeah, come on. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get into the NFL. There's a couple things that I don't have on the sheet, Jason, that I want to talk about first. First is the MVP future. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seems to be running away with the MVP. Uh, in the odds, he is minus 500 to take home the award. However, I want to pitch you on Tom Brady at plus 600. Tom Brady has more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he has about a thousand yards more passing than Aaron Rodgers, and he stayed healthy and was able to play in every game this year, uh, and did not have any COVID situations about uh, maybe misleading people if he was vaccinated or not. Yes, I, I, that's one thing that I was going to actually ask you and see if you could take out your hatred for a second and be a little bit subjective um, as far as Aaron Rodgers, how much. Will and how much should that that whole debacle play into an MVP race? Um, if you're a sports writer, can you and you're not and you don't hate Aaron Rodgers as much as you actually do, uh, but you're a sports writer and you're covering this and you have a vote in the MVP race, how much does it play into your thinking? Um, that that he did something like that. First off, that's not something I'm able to do, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Look, uh, the most valuable player award. I'm not going to argue that he's not the best, best player out there. Uh, and we saw just how valuable he was in the game that he didn't play against Kansas City because that offense was absolutely incompetent without him. So I understand he's a good player. Uh, but as far as like a, like an outside looking in situation, I I could put a unit on Tom Brady. Joe Burrow and Jonathan Taylor, one of those three. Uh, I'm basically betting three units that Aaron Rodgers is not going to win the MVP, and I'm a winner anyway that it happens. Yeah. But uh, he's, but, but he's more than likely 100% going to be the MVP. Uh, yeah, and is that another question? Is that just like a sickness of Tom Brady? Are we just so tired of him? Because he is having a better season even on paper. Tom Brady, like you said, he has more yards. He has more touchdowns. Uh, he does have more interceptions. 
a four interception season is very impressive, but um, you know, Aaron Rodgers has had to do less with, you know, and sometimes he Devonte bails him out. So yeah. even though Tom Brady has a great receiving core, um, you know, maybe Rodgers benefits a little bit from that. I think um, Aaron Rodgers has a better run game, a better defense to rely on. Um, so I, I think he's been asked to do less. Um, and I think a guy who throws for a thousand less yards and, even if he didn't have to, even if his team has a little bit more going on, I do think Tom Brady's the uh, the MVP. Actually, you know, there, there's a player that I've slandered their team quite a good bit, um, but I think with a good playoff run, Matt Stafford could actually have a shout at this. Um, you know, he's got a better rating than both of them. Well, here's uh, the thing: sorry, I believe he's got a better rating than I Brady. believe the I believe the the forms for MVP voting are turned in prior to the playoffs starting. So it would they, be they, okay. I knew that it was the Super Bowl. I didn't know that it was prior. It's prior to the entire playoffs. Yes, starting. it's prior to the playoffs that uh, people are supposed to put their ba- uh, put their ballots in. Uh, so the playoffs do not count towards uh, the MVP okay. voting. So that solves your Matthew then, Stafford then problem. Maybe it's Rodgers at this point. Maybe it's Brady at this point. I do think Stafford um, deserves a shout. Uh, I think Justin uh, Herbert will be a, a an award winner in the future. I think Joe Burrow has a 108 rating, uh, 108.3, and, and has been phenomenal and, and really yeah, down changed the Cincinnati. Down the um, stretch. But I could I, I argue, think, though, that I think it's between Rodgers and Brady. Because uh, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is having an incredible season in Indianapolis, but I like I think that Indianapolis is still winning games if Jonathan Taylor isn't there. There's no way that the Bucks are winning without Tom Brady. There's no way that the Packers are winning without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's it's completely on their shoulders. It's just a it's just it's between the two. So is it worth the little bit of a gamble to put to put it on Brady to to haul it in? Yeah, I think that that this season kind of shows one thing that that is more of a, a systematic problem. I think that there needs to be a best quarterback award and then like a best everybody else award. <laughs> Honestly, uh, because we haven't even said Coop, we haven't even said Cooper Cup's name, and he's had the best historical season a receiver has ever had. Yeah. Um, and and to do that in every category, I mean, that's the triple crown of receiving that he's done this year. Um, he, he's, he's done enough to, to, if a receiver is ever going to get it in today's climate and today's atmosphere and today's game, because a quarterback is important. Like we saw Aaron Rodgers go down. We've seen what the saints uh, look like without a quarterback. So quarterbacks are super important. And I don't want to say like it, there's an inequality in the voting because they are that important, I think, but why have an award that's the MVP most valuable player when he goes to the same position every time? Yeah. If what Taylor's done this year and what Cooper's done at a different at their respective positions can't even get them in the conversation, then let's remodel the award so that we can have conversations about the amazing year that they have both had. Yeah, unfortunately, Jason, that just makes way too much sense. So it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the MVP. Um, here's what I really want to get into before we get to the results of the NFL season. By the way, we're 40 minutes into this show. We haven't even touched an NFL game yet, and I love it. Uh, Washington football team finally says that on February 2nd, on Groundhog Day, they are going to pick a name for the franchise. And I have in front of me the finalists for the name of the Washington football team. Are you ready? 
Let's hear them. The finalists are the Washington Armada. <clears throat> the Washington Presidents. I don't. Sorry. I do. I, I will say on the Armada, I, I don't think you can. You have to be the. You have to end in an S. It has to be a plural form. Thank you. You, you can't be. You can't be a. You know. A, just like a club or like you can't be an armada. I'm going to go. Are you going to the armada game? No, yeah. it needs to be something that there's multiple of where, where who, if you sign for the Washington armada, what do you say? Like, Oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm an armada. Go you know, ar- like that go armada. So <laughs> no, I'm only sticking mada. with team names that are plural form that they can be a singular part of a player can. I hear you. So I'm out on armada. Okay. Uh, Washington presidents. I just see them walking around in wigs, like the like the old timey yeah. wigs. Uh, that's how they practice. They don't put helmets on. They wear wigs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Washington brigade. There's another one without an S. Uh, so that's out for us. Uh, all right. Now, now this one I can make a I can make a case for this. The Washington Redhawks. Very yeah, close to what it, way is- really close to what it was before. So minor adjustment, little less racist, uh, and it, I think it keeps everybody happy. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's Anna. This isn't hockey. Like regional. Anna, Anna, put in the chat, cracking an avalanche. This isn't hockey. This is football. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, and you can say, and I. So I'm in Colorado right now. I'm a Coloradoan as of this summer. And they call them the abs out here. So even they don't like avalanche. They use the abs. Do they call the Kraken the cracks? <laughs> that would be great. They call the Mariners the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So Red Hawks. We're in on Red Hawks, right? I like the Red Hawks a lot. Okay. I, I think it's regional, which is like the sign of a good name. I was just making fun of the Mariners, but the Mariners have a great baseball name. Yeah. Um, it's super regional. Um, it connects with with where they're at. I think the Washington Redhawks would do that. Yeah, um, and you know, I think it's you just you don't ex- have to change colors. You could wear your old jersey. Yeah, um, I think it's exactly I, I like what Red they Hawks need. Uh, I think we need another bird team in the NFL because we just don't have enough. Uh, yeah, Anna says the Chicago Sky again. This is football. We are talking about football. There's also the Heat <laughs> in basketball. Uh, there's yeah. the jazz. There's other ones. Anyway, there's other ones. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh Passion is not an NFL team. This is a National Football League team. Somebody get Anna out of this. I pack. also like the Red Hawks. <laughs> that's that's funny. Um, okay, so I like the Red Hawks also because of the historical value. I had to look it up really quickly because I wanted to make sure I didn't want to misquote. Um, but this was actually a suggestion from a Native American group, the Rising Hearts. Um, it was part of a Twitter campaign to push for the end of the Redskins. Um, so I love the idea of also giving it back to the same group and turning something, a connection to a, 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 a group like, um, you know, like the Native American group, to, to take a negative connection like that and turn it into a positive is yeah. great. And it checks another one of my boxes for Red Hawks. Yeah. All right. So, so far, Armada, no. Presidents, funny, but no. Brigade, no. Red Hawks, we're in. Uh, how about the Washington Commanders? What does that do for you? 
I think it's kind of similar with presidents. Yeah. Commanders. Like I like that's fine. You know, it's just kind of like are they people? Like are they like, you know, like uh it it's kind of just general enough that you can do whatever you wanted with it. Um but I like I would they be red and yellow still? Do they change colors for the generals? Are generals red and yellow? You know, does I I don't know if it has much connection to the team. Yeah. But it's not a bad name. Yeah. Uh so I yeah, I it's not bad, but I'm not crazy about it. The next one on the list is the Red Wolves. I like Red Hawks way more than Red Wolves. Red Wolves, say that five times fast. You can't do that. Uh but you can definitely do Red Hawks. Yeah, I've never seen a red wolf yeah, before. Yeah, neither have I. I've uh, seen some red hawks. Yeah, Washington defenders. Now I've seen this one. Uh, I, I that it just sounds like an XFL name, which it is an XFL name, but, but it, I it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, what happens when they're on offense? Yeah, are they the offenders? Defenders? No. Yeah, I'm past. I'm passing on the defenders. On All offense. right, and then the last option is just to keep it as the Washington football team, which is kind of growing on me. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so if I had to, if I had to pick, uh, I would go with the Red Hawks, but I wouldn't be mad. I I would officially not be mad if they officially say that the team name is just the Washington football team. Whatever. Yeah, I I don't know. I I I wouldn't want them to keep Washington football team. Uh, it has worked better than I thought, but like, what if a team needs to change names in the future? What if the Kansas City football team needs to be the football team for a couple years? You know, mm. like I think we kind of need like, why do they get that name? <laughs> we need it open. Are they so the only not, football team? Yeah, we need it open so other racist teams can use it. That's a good point. Yeah, uh. <laughs> exactly. In a couple years, when we decide that it's offensive to call them the Dolphins. Yeah, and that that offends the Dolphins. <laughs> then they're you know we're gonna need the Miami football team, and so yeah. I think I think it's Washington Redhawks for me. Yeah, I would go Washington Redhawks for Redhawks for sure. Uh, so uh, that's your NFL news. But let's get into these games. Uh, Forty-seven minutes into the show, uh, <laughs> let's start with the Bucks and Jets because the story of the weekend is not that the Bucks came back and beat the Jets. It's Antonio Brown literally walking off the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, my my wife asked me, she saw it, I was watching on my phone, um, and and she looked over and she said, what is going on? And then I said, that's Antonio Brown, I guess you need context. And then I had to talk (laughs) for 45 minutes about about the context of of Antonio Brown and who he is and what he's done in the last couple years. I forgot a couple stories. I guess you need Um, context, uh, that's incredible. his shenanigans did did you see that they actually didn't end up cutting him in time yeah and i i think it's because there's like a legal money situation uh so i think they're they're working with the nfl to figure out how they cannot pay him any money so i think that's what the holdup is I, I, i agree i don't think like people are making jokes on twitter about you know tom stepped in and he's gonna stop I don't think that that Tom Brady even wants him around anymore. Yeah. Um. I don't know the full story of what happened on the sideline. I've heard that he wanted to go in and he wanted to get a bonus, and then I heard he didn't want to go in because he was injured. And um, I I don't know. Um, but he he's done. I don't see how a team, you know, the Steelers. He really cost them by by doing what he did. 
um, in Pittsburgh. And then, you know, he goes to the Raiders. I believe the Raiders gave up a couple picks for him, didn't they? I don't know, but it obviously uh, it didn't end well. And then uh, it, I mean, the Raiders it worked. Came out of that bad. It the worked Patriots came pit. out of it bad. Yeah. And then, I mean, he won a Super Bowl last year with the Bucks, uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what it takes for these. Like, I don't know what it's like to be a millionaire, like wide receiver in the league, and I don't know what it's like to get my head bashed in every day for a living. Uh, but from an outside looking in, I don't understand how. I I just don't understand. I'm just gonna leave it at I just don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that was. That was the main story of the game, but there was also a story. Uh, Jets rookie cornerback Brandon Eccles, he intercepted Tom Brady in the game. It was his first career interception. And at the end of the game, when they were all going around and shaking hands at the end of the game, he went with uh, with the ball that he intercepted Tom Brady with uh, and a Sharpie, and he had Tom Brady sign the ball, which, outside looking in, I think that's a cool story. I think that's fun, uh, and I think that's where the game is headed now. It's like more more interactions and more friendliness uh, than we saw in the past, but the New York media absolutely ripped him for doing this. So I'm okay with the move, but I wanted to see what you thought about it. Yeah, I'm totally okay with it. So who does it offend? Does it offend the fans that, that just walk? I mean, the kid is celebrating success. It's like a 20-year-old um, that just... The Jets as a rookie. Yeah. He's a 20-year-old yeah, I mean, like, that if, just if intercepted you, the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So, like, I I think if it offends a certain person, like, who is this offending? It's not Tom Brady because you... This guy walked up to Tom Brady and said, this is how much this means to me. Will you sign this? Uh, you know, Tom Brady understands that guy's going to tell his grandkids about the time he picked Tom Brady for his first career pick. Yeah. I don't think it looks bad on on him. I don't think it looks, you know, I don't think Tom Brady should be offended by it. I think he should take it as the compliment it is, which I, you know, from what I know about Tom Brady and what I've heard him talk and, and the way he speaks uh, and, and what he cares about in the NFL, I don't think he for a second took this as an insult. I think maybe the New York media is like, you guys need to be better. Um, and And so it's just like, you guys should be miserable all the time because you had a bad year. Yeah, you know, and you can never celebrate anything, and nothing can ever be good because you guys suck. I like that's just so like that's why players don't want to play for the Jets. I remember, yeah. um, you know, Kenny Galladay like went to New York, uh, you know, a different team, but it went to New York, signed this big contract, and people said, "Why would you go play for a New York team? They're not competitive, and the market tears you apart." Um, and and the market needs to self-assess because they they hurt their teams there. In New Definitely. York. And I think this is an example of, of that when they're persecuting a kid for doing nothing but enjoying the sport. Yeah, enjoying the sport and, and crediting for himself for, again, doing something that not a lot of people on the planet can say that they did and in intercepting Tom Brady. So uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, but the Bucks, they they uh, they've won the NFC North. I think the best that they can do is a, is a two seed uh, in the playoffs. But we'll get to the playoff picture in a bit. Uh, next game I have up Bengals beating the Chiefs uh, last second field goal. There was some questionable call uh, at the end there to to hold out of the end zone and and timeouts and get a last second field goal, but they did it and it worked out. So kudos to them. They won the AFC North, uh, so they can chill this weekend because I think they're locked in. I think they're locked into the four, uh, or maybe they're locked into the three. Uh, they're either going to be the three or the four uh, in the AFC. Um, so they're just kind of sitting pretty. They're going to get a home playoff game for the first time in forever in Cincinnati, so good for them. 
Chiefs fall to the number two seed. Uh, they need the win uh, at Denver on Saturday, where you will be in attendance. Uh, and they need Tennessee to there. lose so they can get the one seed. So uh, we'll talk about that in a bit, about you being at that game, I promise. Um, but real quick, uh, Bengals threaten the AFC. What are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, I think they're too young to really push through in the playoffs. Like those, I mean, this was a hard game. They pushed through and won this. Um, you know, you put in the notes, there was a little controversy at the end. There was, it was, you know, it was a little bit of a rough ending. Um, in the playoffs, does this game end the same way? Maybe, maybe not. Having older guys leading is important, but Joe Burrow's won a national championship in college. So he has, you know, leadership experience. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I think this team is a down the road kind of team. I mean, next year and the year after, they're going to have really real problems when you know their receivers like Higgins and uh, and you know um, Jamar Chase and and all the weapons they have. Joe Mixon looked great this year. They're going to have to start locking everybody down along with Joe Burrow, um, uh, you know. But if they can keep all that offense on board for just a couple years, let them gel together. Yeah. Let the the you know the playoff this playoff appearance is great either way. They could go and get blown out, and they'll know what getting blown out in a playoff game means. Yeah. What it looks like, how it feels. Um, it's a win win. Um, nobody expected to be them uh, them to be here yet. It's kind of like, um, you know, your cubbies when when everybody kind of knew they were on the upswing and then they were there like a year early and everybody was like, oh, OK, they're they're going to compete now. Um, I think that we're seeing that in the NFL and we're seeing that with the Bengals, um, but they're going to be good either way. This game's going to be good either way, but I do expect them to maybe win one and then lose. Um, but I, I don't see him making a run. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, I th- I'm with you completely on this. I think that the future is so bright in Cincinnati. We just got to wait and see. I don't think it's this year, though. So uh, Titans just demolished the Dolphins 34 to 3. Dolphins get eliminated and they looked terrible in the rain. Uh, the Titans have quietly uh, made their way to the number one seed in the AFC. And if they win in Houston on Sunday, uh, they're the number one seed in the AFC, which is incredible. Uh, so I they've been so quiet ever since Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry got injured, and then they lost a couple. Everybody wrote them off, and here they are as the number one seed in the AFC. So uh, pretty cool. And Derrick Henry is practicing this week, so he should be back for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, this is a good football team, and, and they've shown that. I think – you know, in a way, the Derrick Henry injury might end up being a good thing for them in the playoff push because it gave other people confidence. And, they're, you know, I, I think that there's some disrespect thrown at the Titans and at Ryan Tannehill specifically um, where they say they're the Derrick Henry team. I think you and I even, even kind of hinted at this or even might have said it on a podcast at some point this year. You know, they're done because they don't have Derrick Henry. And and that was like a, a real loud comment across the sports world when he went down. Um, and they've played extremely well without him. Um, they've kept the same pace. Um, you know, I, I think they've won the last two games when it, when it started to matter and you want to grab a, a playoff game, they want to play in Tennessee. Um, you know, they don't want to go, uh, anywhere where it's cold. They want to, they want to stay at home in the South. Um, they want to have their home fans there. Uh, Tennessee has a great, you know, uh, they have a great following and a great fan base. They want to play at home in front of those, those teams. Um, so these games did really matter. And Ryan Tannehill, it's, it's time to say he, he's, you know, a great quarterback. Um, he's done it for long enough. He's like, he's a, you know, top five, six, maybe seven guy in the NFL to me. 
Um, he has like that little bit of Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Brett Favre kind of uh, always an underdog. You know, he, he went to A&M as a receiver um, and then, you know, switched over and became a quarterback and then got, you know, drafted to Miami and, and, and was, you know, what he was in Miami. And then, um, you know, now he's become even better in, in Tennessee, but uh, I, I think he's always been up against it. And he's always been one of those underdog kind of guys who, who kind of likes to be discounted and who thrives at being discounted. Um, and, you know, that mentality could go a long way in the playoffs. Definitely. Uh, so the Titans, they're one win away from being the number one seed and the only buy in the AFC. So uh, we'll see what they can do against uh, Houston. Uh, next game, Cardinals 25, Cowboys 22. Cowboys can't do that team of the week. Uh, they looked not great against the Cardinals. The Cardinals looked incredible. Kyler Murray is now 8-0 at AT&T Stadium uh, through high school, college, and the NFL. Uh, the Cardinals are a win and a Rams loss away from clinching the West. The Cowboys are locked in as the NFC East champs. They're the number four seed now. Um, I don't know if they should be worried about Sunday or not, but the Cardinals were a really good competition, and they looked very flat. Granted, though, they only lost by a field goal, but they did not look good doing it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott did nothing. And I know that because I asked him to score a touchdown, as did you, and he didn't. Uh, he barely even touched the ball. So are we worried about the Cowboys here? Yeah, I, I am. I, I It's a team. I think that a good metaphor for this team or a good example of what this team is is um, Trey Diggs, the, you know, the, the cornerback who has had this crazy year uh, with, I believe, 12 interceptions now and multiple uh, pick sixes um, really has caught a lot of headlines and stuff. When you look at his underlying numbers, I mean, he's, he's letting 45% of receptions against him go for either a first down or a touchdown. Like that's a, he had one of the worst cornerback years in NFL history. And it was masked by the fact that, you know, he, he had so many interceptions and he contributed so much offensively. And that's really, I mean, I was a Dak Prescott fantasy owner. We don't really talk much about fantasy, um, but I like, I, I was a fantasy owner. So I watched Dak Prescott and there are some weeks he just doesn't show up. There's some weeks Zeke just doesn't show up. There's some weeks that they just don't run a good offense. I don't know what McCarthy's doing, but like he won't run the ball to Zeke and he's decoying the whole game for, for no reason it appears. Yeah. Um, so I, like I think that that is an analogy for who they are. Is they're so talented, but there's so much just chaos that goes on on a on a Cowboys football field. And just because they smacked the crud out of Washington football team, you know that doesn't mean that they can play in the playoffs. And Ian's, uh, you know, Ian's with us still, and he's telling us uh, the Cowboys could lose to the Cardinals in the first round of playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the Cardinals. I've really walked back previous i was big on the cardinals kyler was my guy for mvp this year and so i'm a big cardinals guy but i think lately they have some of the same ailments of like who's gonna show up um but i i, I absolutely agree that the cardinals could beat the cowboys handily in the first round of the playoffs if that's how it shook out yeah it, it's gonna be interesting to see and you know there's so much pressure on the cowboys uh it's <laughs> they're <laughs> i mean they, there's just so much pressure on the Cowboys nationally, locally, uh, and it's it it's just going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, moving on here, uh, we may have a special guest joining us. 
Um, but the Steelers beat the Browns 26 to 14. Potentially uh, Ben Roethlisberger's last ride in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I think no one better to talk about it than Anna. Uh, she might be on here in a second to talk about Ben. Uh, but the Steelers dominated the game defensively. Baker Mayfield looked lost out there. Um, and I, I feel bad. Oh, and here's Anna. Anna, thank you for being on the show. Uh, please share your love for Ben Roethlisberger. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Great. Um, <laughs> no, last night was magical. Um, I think that Ben summed it up, like, really great after the game. It wasn't what anybody, you know, wasn't, like, the storybook. He threw a 400 yards and, you know, but in five years when we're talking about it, that's exactly what the game's going to be remembered as, even though, you know, I think he threw for, like, 120 or something and he had close to 50 passes which just is silly but anyways um it was a great game it was really great that he got to end it by taking a knee yeah and um i think you know the city really showed up for him which i don't think anybody doubted they would but um ginzers are notorious for getting to their seats like five minutes into the game so the fact that everybody was there for him to come out of the tunnel i think just really showed how much people admire him and um, are grateful for what he did for this team and what he did for the city. And he really became like a stealer. And I think he, he embodied that. And um, that meant a lot to him that people, you know, could say that he was what you think of when you think of a stealer, you don't do it, you know, the, the pretty way, but you get it done and you fight for the, for every last down. So okay, two it was a good game. Two final questions for you. The first one is the Steelers need to win against Baltimore and then they need the Colts to lose to the Jaguars and then they need the Chargers and the Raiders to not tie. Does all of that happen right. <laughs> and the Steelers make the playoffs? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's never yes great. Yes or no, do they make the playoffs? On... Oh, yes or no? Sorry. Yes. Uh, yes, obviously. Okay. I mean, I, I'm never one to say no. It's not great when you have to rely on the Jaguars, but. Okay. And um, then, uh, one final question. Ben was nine and zero in his career and on Monday night football at Heinz field. Do you think that's tarnished because of the taunting call against the bears that obviously led them to not win against the Steelers? Should Ben's record no. be eight and one? No. Oh, mm, interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, Anna, for being on the show. Um, you were great. <laughs> Something tells me this debate will rage on. This debate will rage on. Uh, Ian says that the Steelers <laughs> don't make the playoffs this year, and I totally trust uh, Ian's opinion more than Anna's. Unbiasedly, of course, you know. Um, thank you, Anna, for being yeah. on the show. Uh, yes, it was a cool night. It was cool to watch it uh, with Anna, a lifetime Steelers fan. Uh, we were FaceTiming her. Uh, <laughs> we were FaceTiming her family. Uh, who are also big-time Steeler fans, and it was cool to see them get their moment. Uh, and there was a little bit of jealousy as a Bears fan, you know, like the Bears have never had a quarterback to celebrate. Uh, so, I mean, it, maybe 50 years down the road, we'll have a quarterback that played for us for 18 years and won us a couple Super Bowls, you know? Maybe I'll be on my deathbed when he's winning the second one. So uh, <laughs> it was cool to see. Um, it was cool to, to watch it with a Steeler fan. Um, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but it was 
cool uh, that Ben got his final final hurrah uh, in Pittsburgh, and um, I hope that they win in Baltimore. Yeah, I it was it was cool. I mean, just as a as an NFL fan and somebody who grew up, you know, watching the NFL and 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 a lot of that being him. Um, you know, we were I was maybe nine when he was a a, a rookie and um, he quickly took over and and he's been an NFL staple for you know so so long in the NFL that um, I I felt some of that. Um, uh, you know, hearing what Anna described, but I kind of related to some of it, even though I care less about the Steelers than just about any team yeah. in the NFL, but watching that and watching a staple of the NFL for so long, uh, get out there and kind of say goodbye and seeing what it meant to a city. Um, it, it's cool to see. We need more quarterbacks like that. We need more sports athletes in today's day and age, uh, to be a Ben Roethlisberger for a city in a very certain way. And I picked my word specifically because of, you know, maybe not off the field, but on the field, he was absolutely a testament. To the, yeah. And to you know what? Of, oh, well, uh, well he Pittsburgh. turned, he turned it around off the field at the end. I will say that he is, he is Mr. Pittsburgh. He does a lot for the city. Um, <laughs> but I will say this, that it was the per like the way that Pittsburgh treated him last night. And, and I'm not being mean here. Uh, he's the, it's the, it was the perfect mix of you are the best. Thank you so much. And please, God, let this be the end because we can't do this for another year. <laughs> like, it was a perfect mix of those two things. Yeah. Uh, Pat, is he the greatest co Steelers quarterback of all time uh, between him and Terry Bradshaw? I'm going to say yes, only because I didn't see Terry Bradshaw play. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, just an, just an Iron Man. He wins a Super Bowl right off the bat. He makes that incredible throw to Santonio Holmes against the Cardinals in, this, in, the, in his second Super Bowl. Oh, there's, yeah, his second Super Bowl because he lost the third to the to the Packers. Uh, but I, I think he is the greatest of all time for the Steelers. Yeah, I I, I say let's wait and see how his broadcasting career goes. Yeah, JBB, perfect point. He was what yeah. the team needed right then, and you're absolutely correct, 100%. Um, yeah. yeah, all right, so that's the Steelers. Uh Raiders Colts Raiders beat the Colts which sets up the greatest scenario of all time in the NFL. Uh I'm going to let I'm going to just skip right to this Jason. If the Jaguars beat the Colts in uh on Sunday, then the Chargers and the Raiders are playing on Sunday night football. And if they tie in that game, both teams make the playoffs. So what is their incentive to not before the game just be like, hey, let's uh, let's uh, make this. Oh, I don't know, a three-three tie at the end. What do you say? <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know. We've been first of all, it's not going to happen because a, a James Robinson lists uh, Jaguars team playing for absolutely no reason, who could actually kind of benefit possibly from losing the game if if the Lions were to win their game against Packers. Another one that's not going to happen. But if they did, um, then they actually gain from losing this game. The Jaguars do. And the Colts have it on the line. I think they just give it to JT and just let them pound. So I don't think this happens either way. I want to start with that. But that's why sports are fun because we get these uh, hypotheticals. Yeah. I think if they play each other and a tie really would um, send both teams through, I think you never let a team through 
ever in any sports. Especially like, I think in the division. There's no way that they're going to lay down uh, for one another, you know? Especially a division rival. Yeah. You don't want a division rival. You don't want to lose a playoff game to a division rival. You don't want them there. You want to be representing your division, and there's already a bunch of people from your division going. Yep. You don't want. Yeah. Uh, you don't want the Raiders there. You don't want the Chiefs there, but the Chiefs are going to be there. If you're the Raiders, if you're the um, the Chargers, you want to knock the other team and send them home. Yeah. Um. So even if it gets to it, they're going to be gunning to win this game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's no way they're going to tie on purpose. That's for sure. Uh, so uh, in the NFC, you're really looking at the Packers have clinched the one seed. Um, they're pretty much set. Uh, they might be sitting some people this weekend. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is playing his stupid media games again, so who knows? Uh, the Rams are in the two seed right now, uh, and then the Bucks three, Cowboys four. The Rams and the Cardinals uh, both have clinched the playoff spot, but they're duking it out uh, for the division title uh, and a home playoff game. The 49ers and the Saints are the only two teams that are not locked into the NFC playoffs that have a chance here. And uh, the car, or, I'm sorry, I, I need to mention also the Eagles, excuse me, the Eagles uh, are locked into a wild card spot. Uh, so it's between the 49ers and the Saints for the last playoff spot. Uh, if the 49ers win it or they tie, they're in. Uh, if the Saints win and the 49ers lose, they're in. Uh, so it's between those two. The Cardinals need the Rams to lose and win against, and the Cardinals need to win against Seattle. The Rams just need to win to clinch the division. Uh, so real quick, Jason, we're running out of time here, but I want to ask uh, who wins the NFC West and then who gets that last spot between the 49ers and the Saints? And you're allowed to be biased if you want to. Yeah, I, I can't be biased. I don't see a Saints. I don't, I don't even know if we win against Atlanta. In Atlanta... Um, we still don't have a quarterback. Um, I, I don't really know what, like, you know, what we're going to do. Um, it's re- I'm ready for the Saints season to be over. I think Sean Payton is ready to regroup and get a new plan at, at yep. quarterback because that's just been terrible. Um, so I don't think that there's a way the Saints um, get there. Um, but, I like, I think Atlanta will play. That's their Super Bowl. The Falcons want to keep the Saints out of it, just like we talked about Absolutely. with, um, you know, the AFC West. They don't want to see the Saints in the playoffs. They're going to play this like the Super Bowl. Um, this is their game of the year. And nope, I could see the Saints very easily losing. I, I'm going to look at a line, and if I can get like negative seven or negative six on a Falcons game, I'm going to hammer that um, because they will play it like a uh, Super Bowl. I can see the Ram- or the 49ers losing, so you know maybe they do scrape one out and the 49ers do lose. Um, I-, I think the Rams come out and they play that game big because they want to play in L.A. They don't want to yep. have to travel. Um, so they're going to want that two seed. Um, so I do think that the Rams take the 49ers down, the Saints lose, and the 49ers go anyways. Um, and um, and then I think um, that the Cardinals uh, will beat Seattle, but it won't matter because uh, we won't see a Rams loss. I hear you. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on all of that. I, I agree with you on all of that. Uh, so the AFC Titans, Chiefs, Bengals are locked in. The Titans can win the one seed with a win. The Chiefs can get the one seed with a win and a Tennessee loss. The Bengals are are stuck between the three and the four seed. It just depends on what happens. Uh, the Bills and Pats are going to fight for the AFC East. The Bills just need to win. The Pats need to win and need the Buffalo to lose. The, bu- uh, bleh, bleh. the Bills are playing the Jets. Pats are playing the Dolphins. 
Uh, I don't see the Bills losing to the Jets, so I think it's their division. Uh, it's really going to come down to those two wild card spots. I don't see the Colts losing to the Jaguars. Uh, so it's going to come down to Sunday night football uh, between the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, so who wins that game? Who gets the last playoff spot? Yeah, I, I think that that's how it all cracks out. And then I do think the Raiders take it just because, like, I think the Chargers are going to take it. And every time, I don't know why, but the Chargers and uh, and the Raiders have both been, like, my bogey team this year. Like, whenever I pick them, I'm wrong about them. That's uh, absolutely so I, fair. I think that the Chargers win it. But, like, that's the exact kind of game the Raiders have shown up for this year. Yeah, I hear you. And you know what? If that Raiders team, that scrappy Raiders team, makes it into the playoffs, who knows? You know, they can make a little noise. Uh, Ian says Chargers this time around in a close game. Uh, I'm not arguing that one either. I think it's going to be a great Sunday night football game, uh, and I'm excited to watch it. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it next Tuesday too. Uh, Jason, anything before we take off? Nope, I will. Well, I'm excited to talk next week. We'll have a lot to talk about with the week of uh, using the Action app to log all of our bets. Um, I am JPO Bets on there. I know for uh, Twitter, I'm J- uh, JPO Tweets. Uh, I'm JPO Bets on the Action app. If you want to check our picks, um, Tommy, I believe you're tweeting them out as well. Yeah, um, I'm going to tweet them out. I- I'm excited with this. Yeah, you're going to tweet them out. I'm going to tweet them out on. Uh, okay, everybody, follow at. Tuesday takes T E E on Twitter. Uh, you can follow at Tommy experience as well. Uh, but if you go to Tommy you're going to find every single link that you need. You can find our Twitter links. Uh, you can find our action network uh, links. You can find everything you need. If you just go to Tommy uh, make sure you check that out. Make sure you follow all the Twitters. Um, send us your picks too. We want to know what you guys are betting on. Uh, if you're betting and of course do it responsibly because that's what we do here we bet responsibly um so this was a great tuesday takes hour 15 i love it uh we're gonna have so much to talk about next week too so make sure you tune in uh and as always if you miss a broadcast it's on a podcast uh so thank you um jason you're great uh ian you're great anna you're great thank you everybody who contributed uh and we will talk to everybody next week Yep, national championship we'll talk about. Make sure if you check one day uh, on the Twitter account and you check our picks one day, make sure it's the next Monday when when we break down the the national championship. Yep, and the next time we talk, Matt Nagy is not going to be a Bears head coach. All right, we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye-bye.